This is the Rejoicing in the Word podcast, coming to you from the capital region of the Susquehanna Valley. My name is Josh Hamilton, and I'm here today with Pastor Brandon Storns. We want to welcome you back to episode number 22. Remember to check us out on facebook.com forward slash rwmen. This is an important place to be because, as you remember, if you've listened to any of the other episodes from season two, we are doing giveaways this season. We have sets of Rejoicing in the Word coasters. We also are going to be giving away a couple sets, volume sets of devotional booklets, and we want you to be able to apply for those, put your name into the drawing. We'll be drawing at the end of season two. So the way you can do that is facebook.com forward slash rwman. Go there, uh, follow us, and then message us your email address. Is there any other way that they could enter into that drawing just in case they don't have a Facebook account? Absolutely there is. If you go to svbc.org, that's our church's website. P-A, svbcpa.org. Yes, svbcpa.org. And you can go to the contact tab. Whenever you click on the contact tab, you can scroll down a little bit, and there's a place to message us. It's going to give a place for your name, give a place for your email address. And if you, we'll need you to put in, you know, why you're messaging us. So put in... Put in the drawing for the yeah, rejoicing, rejoicing in the word, word drawing, drawing. Or something, yeah. and then of course, if you do it on Facebook, then we'll have your name. We'll have your name through your Facebook that we can say, oh, you know, John Smith one. Yeah. Um, if you're going to email us, make sure you include your name. That way, we're not reading your email address <laughs> <Yeah>. off. Hey, <laughs> you know. So make sure you do that. Cat lover fourteen is the winner. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, so that would be the way to do it through our website, and that's probably the. The easiest way to do it if you do not have a Facebook That's page. a good one. That's a good one to remember. So I know we have a lot of listeners who are even, I mean, people that don't have Facebook pages. Maybe they're too young. Yeah. I was talking to a couple of our young fellas there, and I'm pretty sure they don't have a Facebook page, but they faithfully listen yeah. to the podcast. So and we're appreciative of each of them. Absolutely. And we want them to be able to be part of the drawing absolutely. as well. So also check out the blog, svbcpa.org forward slash rwblog. Check out the content there. And remember, if you want to share the podcast with anybody, svbcpa.org forward slash rwpod. That has our direct link there to all the major podcast platforms. And we want you to be able to have access and to episode share that. listing too. Has the episode listing. Yes. So this brings us to episode 22. And we're looking at decency and order in regards to missions. And the past episode, we looked at a couple principles that go with decency and order of missions. Yeah. Let's review some of those here as we go into the episode. The first one is, the first principle we looked at in part one is that missionaries are to be sent or commissioned by a local church. And so we went to Acts chapter 13 and we saw that there in verses one through three. And we're not going to reread all those, but Missionaries are to be sent. Yeah, the the uh, local body of believers plays a the significant role in commissioning them for a number of reasons, but we really just highlighted the biblical precedent that is found throughout the book of Acts. How important it was. It wasn't seminaries that engaged in this, and that that's not a dig against seminaries. There is a role they play, particularly I think if they're going to be uh, aligned to the the closest biblical principle. It's under the uh, authority of a local assembly. Um, but the, the a local assembly is a preeminent place that God has ordained, and that's the basis by which missions is sent. 
And then there's the outworking of that, which is principle two, that they're to be qualified. Yes, missionaries are to be qualified. And and who better to testify uh, or to be a witness of the qualifications that a missionary should meet? Than their local church. Yes, and, and those are people they've rubbed shoulders with. Uh, they've engaged, they've worked, they've seen and witnessed how they've went through difficulties and trials. And so the qualifications have to be met. It, missions is not a place that should be the, you know, uh, if I can't make it anywhere else, I'll go to the mission field. Or if nothing else opens, I'll go here. Right. It ought to be our best and our brightest. And principle three, missionaries must be accountable. We looked at Acts 14 verses 26 and 27 for that. At the example we have there of Paul and he returns and they gather the church together and they account, reaccount all that God has done uh, with their on the mission field, really. And then fourth principle that this we is the at, obvious one: missionaries must be supported. Yes, and we looked at prayer support as well as the need for financial. And if support. I can add to that too, you know, when missionaries come through, you know, obviously they're coming through, they're preaching, they're putting their heart, their burden out there. We're recognizing the. The importance of a fiscal uh, investment, money is the means by which life is transacted in so many different ways. I know sometimes you'll hear them referred to as like moochinaries, and I, I just personally think that's such a disdainful way to look at it. Um, they are not professional uh, money lovers that just keep asking and looking, and there may be, look, in any good group, there could be folks that might fit that. Sure. But by and large, that has never been my experience. Um, but nonetheless, it is an important thing uh, to consider is how, how do they get the means? And that is our responsibility as a local assembly uh, to partner with them and ultimately with their home church and getting them from point A to point B. And it's not that we desire a, a gift. But we desire that fruit may abound to their account. And that kind of brings us into our new set of principles. And if we have time, maybe at the end of the broadcast, we just include some personal touch of, of how we here at Susquehanna Valley Baptist Church, what, what our scope is of, uh, these principles applied. Right. How we to do, our mission how policy. We, do and I, sure. we don't want to make that the whole podcast, maybe at the end of it. Uh, obviously there could be, uh, distinctions and differences that another church would do, but nonetheless, we're gonna give, just give it's, our thoughts. Yeah, it's it's not a bad thing for to share. I mean, mm-hmm. with our church and then also with others, just how we're applying these biblical principles sure. practically. So, well, principle number five. Principle number five. Missions activity must be prioritized. You know the difference between a dream and a goal and a goal. There's a plan. Yes. And in order to get missionaries to where they're going, you've got to have that plan. And part of that plan is making it prioritized uh, and to prioritize the activities that come along with missions uh, to direct the fulfillment of the biblical goal. Well, and if you don't have a plan to achieve the goal, then you're going to be easily distracted. And God has not called us primarily to social work, financial work, Sanitary, sanitary work. <laughs> uh, We're seeking souls for him. And so in order to do that, we there needs to be a prioritization that takes place. And, and I, I think right out the box, one of those great portions of priorities regarding missions is preaching. You know, and there, there are many different uh, activities can bring about uh, a group of people that can be preached to. But the fact is, 
uh, preaching had a preeminent place in missions in the New Testament and in all to today. Paul preached in the synagogues. Yep. He preached house to house. He preached in academic gatherings. And preaching ought to be a grand fulfillment of how missions is prioritized. Uh, there's any n- number of scripture preferences. Well, let me just read us one here. Acts chapter 9, verse 20. It's very, very just straightforward and straightway. He preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. And I would, I think one of my favorite times of Paul's preaching is whenever he's preaching on Mars Hill. He's mm-hmm. preaching about the unknown God. Yeah. And I mean, everywhere we go, we find Paul preaching. You know, he's just left the, the church there at Antioch, and the scripture says in Acts chapter 13, and when they were at Salmus, they preached the word of God in the synagogue of the Jews, and they had all, also John as their minister. And so, obviously, each and every turn, preach, 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 is what they engaged in. And often there was those individuals that, and this this happened at Philippi, uh, this happened at Athens. So there's these individuals that come through the preaching of Christ and the gospel and the teaching of truth. They receive that gospel by faith. And then what happens? Well, then you got another portion of the prioritization of missions. Planning churches. Yeah, the planning of a New Testament church. And you see that in Acts chapter 14 and verse 23. Let me read that there. It says here in Acts 14, 23, And when they had ordained them elders in every church and had prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord on whom they believed. And so there you have churches being planted, churches being established. And when souls were saved, they weren't scattered, but gathered into churches and leaders were appointed. And, and these, these assemblies that they, they're independent. They're, they're not under the aegis of a, a a central bureaucratic theological group. But rather, they meet the self-test. You know, they they are self-supporting, they are self-sustaining, they are self-propagating. They meet those qualifications, and that is the first and foremost. Really, uh, the planting of New Testament churches is embedded throughout the Book of Acts, and of course, falls out into the epistles, the early the church epistles as well. And so, you've got the preaching that comes with the preaching of the gospel. You have the enacting by faith. And now you've got these new baby Christians. That need strengthened. Yes, and they're placed within the framework. An elder is set apart there. And you've got the planting of a New Testament church. And then uh, you've got the strengthening of churches. And this is related to the planting of churches. It is the responsibility of believers to win people to Christ and to allow them to continue in fellowship and encouragement and in the teaching of the Word of God. As part of that strengthening, um, you, you know, folks don't come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and are ready to be sent out the very next day to the mission field. There needs to be a time of equipping. Ephesians chapter 4 talks about the perfecting of the change. We'd be no longer children, tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. And so a little bit of that time of sharpening to bring about um, establishment. And that was a part of the mission's activity. Well, you think about how many times Paul traveled back through an area yeah. and stopped at these churches. Yeah, and, and, and I might even mention with the establishment and the uh, the training that comes there with, it was all in this preparation, and it takes time. Um, but thankfully, the job gets done, and this is how it is prioritized. And I, I think with that is the continual training. Yeah, uh, We'll touch on that in a little bit with it being 
perpetuated, but there is nearly a hundred names in the New Testament that are associated with the Apostle Paul. Uh, probably 36 of them or so could be considered close partners of his fellowship. We just mentioned John Mark a moment ago. The great work of the ministry necessitates continual training. It never stops. And we think about 2 Timothy 2 2. Yeah. Where we just well, mentioned. Go ahead it, and mention that principle. The, the that 2 2 2. Right in it. Yeah. The 2 2 2 principle. Yeah. And that is that missions activity must be perpetuated. The same commit thou to faithful, faithful men that may be able to teach others also. It must continue until the Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ returns. Nothing can take its place. As long as souls are being born, then, you know, our definition of missions, the preaching of the gospel condemned of Adam's race, that gospel of Jesus Christ must be made known. It's an endless task that must readily be engaged in. And what a glorious opportunity it is to be able to watch someone uh, get saved in a church and grow and become aware of God's will for their life and being a light in a dark world, uh, faithfully giving of their resources and their time and their talent. And then, you know, seeing someone be trained and sent out over there or over there, wherever it might be, to preach the gospel of Christ. So it must be prioritized and it must be perpetuated. And they're somewhat connected because training is an well, important matter in it. If if there is no training, you're in trouble. Yes, you'll you'll leave the faith. What did Jude say? The faith that was once delivered to the saints. So there's got to be some men of character that embrace the word, nothing but the word, and then seek to preach that word abroad. And then as we move on to our next principle, principle six, missions activity must be strategized. Yeah. And obviously we're speaking of the strategize that has been put forth in Scripture, not our own strategy. Yeah, and it goes back to our definition that we gave, but Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, the Scripture says, But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And So the scope of missions is activity. You have to reach across the street, and you have to reach around the world. That's right, and they're both missions. You know, I, I think over the years folks have looked at, well, home and foreign missions. But in the eyes of God, they're all missions, right? It, because missions is preaching to the condemned of Adam's race. And there's only one race. Acts speaks of this. Uh, so the fact is, I'm engaging in missions activity if I'm here, or there. And that was the command that God left the apostles with in Jerusalem. Where are you going to start? Well, you're going to start here in, in Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Uh, I believe it was uh, a famous missionary of years gone by that said that the light that shines, shines furthest shines brightest at home. at home. And that's a central part of it. So, you know, you've got the emphasis in Jerusalem, and then you've got Judea, and that's that region the surrounding beyond. area. And then Samaria, and then the uttermost parts of the world. It, it, it could be seen as a terrible travesty for a church to get to the point where uh, they can send all their mission dollars and all their resources overseas. But and, neglect And neglect the to do anything across the street. And that's yeah. a travesty to be certain. Well, So the scope of missionaries must reach all the way across there. And that kind of is our focus on seven New Testament principles that we have as we've engaged in it. I mean, we have, uh, again, commissioned by the local assembly. We have the missionaries must be qualified. They must be accountable. They must be supported. 
missions as a whole must be prioritized. And with that, we talked a little bit about it, it must be perpetuated. Uh, it must continue the two, two, two principle. And then finally, it must be strategized. It's not just good enough to be all the way over there. It's got to be everywhere in between as well. And so that brings us to our scope. And so in this portion, uh, just for a few moments, I'll talk about a little bit about what we do here at SVBC, Susquehanna Valley Baptist Church. And, and we kind of try to incorporate these in the, uh, in the making up of our, our missions policy. What, what we started many years ago doing, I kind of highlighted is we use an alphabet system. So I have like A, B, C, D, and E. And part of that allows me to get a little outline, but a focus as well. And of course, a preeminent focus needs to be in my community, in, in the community, the Jerusalem, if you will, of Susquehanna Valley Baptist Church. And so A missionaries are our area of responsibility. And for us, that's Harrisburg. Uh, that's an important part. And we do all manner of uh, of door knocking, uh, sometimes mailings and gospel blitzes and all kind of things, attempting to get the gospel of Jesus Christ into this particular area. I think of a very practical thing that we have is we have a map. It's hanging on the wall and it has a big circle on it. It's a radius circle. Yes. And we're able to use that in a sense just to, to keep track and it really is to, I mean, strategize a little bit as far as these are the streets that we've been on. These are the people's homes we've known. Yeah, and it's, that's it, not our first map either. Correct. You know, we've had about three maps over the years and between, uh, not even really count mailing, but canvassings, blitzes, Gazan Romans blitzes and door knockings and things. We've saturated the area two and three times, uh, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that is our area responsibility. And so that's always A. And the idea, if I couldn't do, if we couldn't do anything else, that is, that's gotta be number one. That's where we need to be. That's gotta be number one. And with that, uh, another area that we have is, you know, missionaries that would come and we are their sending church. Right. That's a level A missionary. We have a responsibility to them. Uh, and that is a, a very important one and something that ought to be prioritized. And so that's our level A. And then we have a B. And a B uh, focus deals with foreign church planners. And the idea is uh, citizens of one country that go to another country. So often the case for us, it's Americans that go right. to yeah. non-America yeah. countries. And the reason we have it listed like that is because when a missionary goes to another country, and sometimes there's not the ability to get anything more than some type of residency status, uh, but if they go in on a visa with mission support and stuff like that, a lot of time it precludes them from having any extra vocational support. Right. And they are dependent exclusively on um, the churches, you know, in our case, the churches here in the States to support them. And so those are the foreign church planners. And, you know, we want to that to make sure that we have doctrinal and practical unity. And we want to make sure that we're committed to them. Uh, one of the things that we attempt to do uh, when we support uh, these foreign church planners is to take and support them at percentage level as opposed to just single amounts. And for just easy discussion, one of the reasons for that is, you know, $50 will go further in some regions of the world than others, yeah. than it will others. And so we try to kind of take a percentage. And also, you know, there's household needs, you know, you got a household of uh, of 10 versus a household of two, there's a distinction there. Right. And so we try to have a percentage and that allows us a greater extent of, shall we say, uh, equity 
sure. between them. Yeah. And that's a, that is a significant, significant focus that we have. And those are our B level missionaries. And then we have C. And C we reference as our national church planners. And that, that might be a, that might be a, uh, uh, a Filipino going to the Philippines, a Canadian going to Canada, an American going to the U.S. Uh, and I would note particularly a little bit about Americans going to American, those U.S. church planners. Each one of them are in different sets of circumstances. Right. Uh, so, you know, and time will not really allow us to get into all the details, but it's just a different way. Yeah. Some of them, uh, particularly national church planners, uh, they might have engaged um, in the planting of a work, being sent out, the planting of a work for various reasons without the ability to really do deputation. Some of them, the deputation was on a time frame as opposed to being indefinite like many foreign church planners are. So whatever the case is, it's our way to engage in them. And what we do is in our prayer list, we have a list of about, I don't know, a half dozen to 10 yeah. national church planters uh, when to India, we've got all the U.S., but the idea being citizens of the country that they're going to. Right. And then we want to pray regularly for them. Um, we want to review their prayer letters. We want to keep them in the forefront of our mind for uh, not an insignificant number of years. Oh, yeah. So that we're praying for them. We're not able, perhaps, to support all of them uh, every year like we'd like to, but that's the focus of them. It's national. I mean, scared to think of the consideration that if, um, if we do not evangelize uh, the preaching of the gospel and faithful teaching and adherence to the word of God in our country, who's sending the missionaries here? Right. And so that's got to be at the top of our list of considerations. So we have a whole area kind of national church planners that we have. And then we have a helps ministry. Those are folks that come alongside to aid. And our final section is uh, level E, and that's kind of your your associate labors, future plans. That might be help for missions conferences or missions housing. We've been saving up for a number of years for the day in which we're able to uh, plant uh, a New Testament church in our Judea or Samaria. And that's an exciting thing. Also, it allows us to bring in visiting missionaries from time to time. I think having visiting missionaries in and being excited about it is, is a thriving thing uh, to keep the priority of missions there. And with each of these missionaries, we want to know about their home church because you're going to have the tendency, and rightfully so, uh, to reproduce what you're from. Well, that reaches back to our... One of the early principles. principles about yes, being it qualified. does. You know, are they qualified? Have they met the doctrinal qualifications? Um, we ask in various questionnaires, hey, you know, what's your time frame? What are you sending out? When are you connecting in? I, I understand that um, time frame being what it is, a missionary can't always report back in person uh, every two and a half years or what have you. But, you know, what's your time plan on that? Uh, we're not looking for someone just to cut bait and never have any ties to us. Uh, to a certain extent, they represent us. Right. Um, we are partnering with them. And so we want to make sure that we use this as an opportunity to cover not only the missionary, but also, as we mentioned last, that principle of the strategy. I want to make sure that we've got some level of involvement in our Jerusalem, our Judea, our Samaria, and around the world. And, and again, a, 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 another church might look at these and then they might outline them differently. And our point isn't to be contentious with that. Our point, rather, is to showcase the importance of missions 
what missions is and how to apply these biblical principles practical way in a very practical way yeah and that's our scope of missions that we have we could go in a lot more detail with this probably don't necessarily have the time to but that's how we format it we've got a missions conference upcoming um here this month in march of 2023 and for us it's just a wonderful time to think about keeping the light and carrying the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I am so thankful that one day someone gave me the gospel of Jesus Christ. And by faith, I confessed him as my savior and the wonderful change that has occurred since then. All that is a result of the preaching and the mandate of missions. That's good. Let's close out this episode with our verse. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse six says this for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And with that, we want to thank you once again for listening. Goodbye for now, and we look forward to being with you again in the next episode.